This is Right from the Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? (laughs) As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you. Bringing interviews, inspiration, and information to encourage, refresh, and equip you to embrace the deep, to find your truest story, your truest message in the deep places. You can get the episode show notes, lots more information and encouragement, and your free audio download, Five Crucial Ways to Safeguard Your Writer's Heart, at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, here's what's happening in the world of Right From The Deep. First, thank you to all our patrons on Patreon. We love you guys. Amen. And special thanks to our March sponsor of the month, Stacy McLean. Stacy is still hard at work on her first book, a Christian speculative fiction called Make Known the Path. We so appreciate you, Stacy. Yes, we do. And another thing, we are going to be at Mount Hermon, the Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference. I love this conference, you guys. I'm so delighted that I get to be there. And uh, Karen and I will be there both. Um, it's at um, uh, Mount Hermon is in uh, Felton, California, or near Felton, and it's on April 1st through 7th. And Karen, what are you teaching? I'm teaching a pre-conference mentoring track helping intermediate to advanced novelists how to self-edit their own work and how to create a map for self-editing with each of their manuscripts. Oh, fun. And I am also doing a pre-conference mentoring clinic, and it's going to be called Unlock Your Manuscripts Potential. So this is going to be intermediate, nonfiction, self-editing, and we are going to ask very hard questions and make (laughs) your book better. So find out more about it at writers.mountherman.org. And now, here's Here's the the show. show. Welcome, listeners. Welcome to The Deep. We're so excited today. We have a guest. (laughs) Yay! Yay. (laughs) It's Tamara Alexander, who's written all kinds of great historical books. And so we're going to let Karen introduce her. I met Tamara Alexander, better known as Tammy. Gosh, how long has it been, Tammy? Oh, it's 16 years ago. 65 years, maybe? I'm not, no, I'm <laughs> yes, you were still in the womb when I met you. <laughs> so was I, for that matter. As you can tell, Tammy and I have an odd relationship, an odd and wonderful relationship. She's odd and I'm wonderful. But Tamara Alexander is the USA Today bestselling, award-winning author of just amazing Southern historical novels. And her novels from the very first one, I remember reading that first one, they've taken readers by storm. Great quality, great emotion. Everything that I tell the people I edit their books, everything I tell them they should do, she does. And here's, I love this story. She was inspired to become a writer by her mother-in-law, Claudette, who gave her a book that she took one look at and thought, yeah, not interested. (laughs) But being a Southern gal, she thanked her sweet mother-in-law profusely and then shelved the book for a later date. And a few weeks later, she got a phone call one afternoon saying that her mother-in-law had died very suddenly of a brain aneurysm at age 58 tough stuff. Mm -hmm. So in the following months, Tammy happened upon the little book again, and she sat down and she read it cover to cover and discovered that her long ago tucked away love of writing, as it says on her website, was given new life. And the book, Love Comes Softly by Jeanette Oak. Mm -hmm. Oak? Oak Mm -hmm. Oaky? Anyway, 
Mm-hmm. Janet, beautiful, beautiful story. You know, yeah. Tamara is a true Southerner. She can insult you with the sweetest smile on her face. <laughs> oh, and she yes. writes what she knows. And that authenticity shines in her work, as does her faith. Her greatest hope is that when her reader turns that final page, she prays that they will have taken a step closer to Christ. And I guarantee you that happens with her books. Tammy and her husband live in the Nashville area, and they enjoy life with their two adult children, both of whom are wonderful, and Murphy and Bailey two rambunctious and utterly adorable Australian terriers. So, Tammy, welcome. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Aaron. And thank you for having me here with, with you guys. Um, I've long enjoyed your pon- podcast, to, so to be a part of it is uh, is a real special treat, even though Karen is here. Uh, Aaron, you, <laughs> you and I will just try to have a great time, and we'll try know, not to I let know. Karen, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll just... Says that out of jealousy. That's what yeah, she there we <laughs> Well, we'll we'll kick things off here by asking you, Tammy. What does the deep mean to you? You know, writing, um, writing from the deep or the deep to me. Um, and actually, my word this. I'll go ahead and share this is deeper. Um, mm. I've been with a group of of writers. We meet every summer in Coeur d'Alene, and out of and out of that has grown. One of those members said, "You know, I I focus on a on a word every year. So my word this year is deeper." And so what the deep means to me, um, specifically in this place and walk in my my life right now, is um, closer, being closer to the Lord, being more in tune to His will, um, being immersed in His Word, um, being more attuned to the Holy Spirit. We were talking about that before we, you know, came on to the podcast about walking in the Spirit and and being in sync and listening, um, and I'm basically living life postured in a way to hear and to hear from the Lord and, and to live expectantly, not just waiting, um, but to wait expectantly watching and praying. Mm, Yeah. I love that. We were just having a, um, we just had a podcast just um, by the time this airs, it might be the last few podcasts ago and it's all about hearing God. And it was to, you know, do sometimes we have trouble hearing because we're not expecting, you know, we're not walking in that posture of listening. So I love that. Exactly. Very good. Exactly. So we've been emailing back and forth about what we'll talk about on this podcast. And one of the things that you mentioned was discovering in your writing journey about the lessons we can learn from our ancestors. For instance, Mm -hmm. I'd like you to tell us about your dad's situation and the struggle that came because of that and what God finally helped him realize. Oh, yeah. You know, my dad was diagnosed with uh, dementia um, about 10 years ago. And then, you know, um, then mother passed about that time. As a matter of fact, we were in, um, they were with me down in Orlando. And the very first time we we found out about it, it was for the Christie's. They were there with yeah. me for the, for the award. And he called, he went out on a walk and he called mom and he said, Junebug, that's what he used to call her. Her name was June. <laughs> and he said, I don't know where I am. Mm-hmm. And June and and my mom said, "Well, honey, you're in Orlando, blah blah blah." Anyway, mother then passed about a year after that. She passed mm-hmm. in '09, so dad came came to live with us for a while, and and the dementia was a slow walk at the, at that point. Um, and dad got remarried. He um, his path crossed that with a wonderful woman, Esta. Oh, and oh, and listen to the full name, Esta Maud Higgins. Do you not <laughs> think that's going to go into a southern novel someday, <laughs> Esta? And dad had been um, friends when they were when they were really young. So they were married. Dad was 80. She was 79. I love that um, that December romance. Um, 
And then she was a nurse and I pulled her aside and I made sure I said, you, you know that there is the, we don't think it's Alzheimer's, but it could be, we just don't know. And she said, I already see it. I love your dad. Um, I'm all in. So uh, she did. And uh, they, they married and, uh, but up until the last, it had about two, two and a half years ago, then dad was just no longer able. She couldn't care for him at home anymore. So we found, um, a memory care center there in Atlanta. And then I kept the roads hot for the last couple of years. I would just go, you know, go home every couple of weeks or every week and uh, see dad. And thankfully, you know, Nashville's a hop, skip and a jump, about four hours maybe from uh, Atlanta. So that was wonderful. But um, just to watch him, I told someone the other day, watching him, walking him home um, was honestly the last great gift that he gave to me. Hmm. Um, I often say that mother taught me how to live well and she taught me how to die well. And dad just taught me what it meant, even as he was so strong in his faith early on in his life. And the faith turned very childlike, um, you know, the, the longer down that down that road it went. But I'll never forget I was talking to him once, um, this was toward the end and I was headed back. Um, this was probably two or three months before he passed. So I was, I was hugging and kissing him and about to head out. And, um, and I even forget what I told him. Um, it was just a, oh no, oh no, I, I know what it was, was that I was telling him that even as God was going to be with me as I was driving back to Nashville and I would call him on our echo show where we could see each other. Mm-hmm. I gave him one and I had one so we could talk back and forth that way. I said, even as God is with, God is with me, he is here with you and he can be in both places at once because he was afraid that, because I had prayed that God would be there with him and he wanted him in the, in the car with me too. <laughs> like, well, let, let me tell you something. And it was the sweetest thing. And he said, Said, who taught you that mm-hmm. after he told me? And I said, well, daddy, I said, you taught me that. And he just, and he just, his, his eyes teared up. And that was just one of the greatest um, gifts to me was walking him home and reliving definitely the parent, you know, becoming the child and the child becoming the parent. And for anyone out there who has a parent who has dementia or Alzheimer's, it is a hard, hard road. But it is a road with incredible blessing, incredible blessing um, along the along the way. So I'm just I'm really thankful to dad for that. How does things like that make it into your writing? Obviously, they affect you profoundly. What how does that translate for you on the page or when you're even trying to write and going through those emotions? Oh, sure. Well, um, when dad was first diagnosed, I have to turn several books back. It was the second Belmont Mansion book. I actually um, wrote that, um, wrote her father, um, of course, you know, having having um, having dementia. But in the mid 19th century, they did not know about dementia and they right. thought it was insanity. Mm-hmm. They and they had insane asylums. Um, and uh, the Belmont Mansion books, Adelicia Ackland, richest woman in America, she was the one of the secondary characters in that book. But her husband was the director of the Nashville Insane Asylum. So at that I, I really wanted to explore what life was like. And so you went, I went back and studied all the insane asylum history that we had and how they treated them in Nashville was actually a model, um, a model asylum. Um, and, you know, they would bring people here because 
I mean, you can imagine if you know anything about that history, they were some people that, I mean, they were chained, they were just shoved mm-hmm. off and forgotten, and it was, it was horrific. But um, so that was, that was my first story to really explore dementia and what it would mean. Um, and her father, during the course of that story, um, you know, it's one thing to, um, to write about it. And it's another thing to live it. But God met me on the page, just like he did um, about six months before my mother passed. I was in in the middle of a book. And it was, um, let's see, that that was within my heart. That was one of the Colorado Territory books. And uh, the whole premise of that book was, what do you do when God chooses not to heal? And, um, and then mother's diagnosis of gallbladder cancer came up and, um, she was from diagnosis to, to when she passed was six months. And I mean, God met me on the page in a big way with that one, because not only was I, you know, not only was I walking her, but or writing the book, um, I just, you know, it came, it came to that point where we realized very quickly that she was not going to be healed. And, mm-hmm. but again, and, and one of the most important lessons I learned, um, specifically from that time and was reminded again with dad was the person dying gets to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, there comes a time, especially with mom, with cancer, where you, um, where you stop forcing them to try to eat or strongly right. encouraging quote right. unquote. Right. There's all those things where you just, yeah, it's just here, have this, you know, and you and, and you just want so much for them to linger, to stay here until you finally realize, you know, this is not about me. This is about God is going to strengthen me to walk them home. And that is my job is the person dying gets to choose. It needs to be at their pace. And I need to give them free reign for, you know, for when the Lord calls them home for them to just run after him. So that's what I started whispering to mom. Um, in the last two to three days, I would just lean down and whisper, as soon as you see Jesus, you run for him for all you're worth. You just mm. run, run to, and then dad and I, cause she was really worried about leaving dad with the dementia. And I said, don't you worry, we will take care of dad. And I said, we'll be right behind you. You're going to turn around soon enough and we'll be there. So, yeah. and I whispered the very same thing to dad. So, and I just, I feel so incredibly blessed to have been there when both of my parents passed because I'm, I found out since that's a very, um, that's not a common thing in this yeah. day and age where we're so spread out, but that was, and that was a gift that God gave to me. I think that I'm just, uh, and maybe I, something within me needed that and God knew that, but I was just so grateful to be able to be there with them at both of those times. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to be so heavy. No, no, no. That's <laughs> but great. That's these are the things we deal with. This is yeah, life. Life yeah, is also death. You it know, is. Aaron walked the road with me when daddy was uh, in his last few weeks from the stomach cancer he was diagnosed with in 05. And then we lost him in 06. And um, she came during those last weeks and, and she was there and such an incredible emotional support for me and for dad. Mm-hmm. And she actually, she and my husband Don were with daddy when he finally passed. I, mm-hmm. I was so tired. I went to bed and Don mm-hmm. came in and woke me up with a kiss and said that dad was gone. So they had oh, been there with him. How so precious. It is. And, and, you know, that, that whole situation of letting go, I so wanted dad to stay. My mm-hmm. mom died in, um, 2002 mm-hmm. and, um, I had always told dad, I've had to do this gig without mom. I'm not doing it without you. <laughs> and so when it when it was clear that he was leaving, 
Um, I still wanted to fight. And the hospice worker took me aside and she said, he's in hospice. You need to let him go Mm -hmm. and to give him the freedom to go. And once I was finally able to do that, once I went to God and I said, what do you want of me here? Mm -hmm. And realized that that's what needed to happen. It, It was it was terrible because I knew the end was coming, but it was so much better. And mm-hmm. and like you, there were so many blessings just woven into that whole time. I still sometimes just sit and think about it and weep both for the loss and for the joy of what God did. Mm-hmm. And then at, and also to realize um, I was sharing this with a friend not 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 long ago and about um, about when, you know, when a believer passes is that I do, I do remember the death days. If you look through the Bible, the Bible yep. is more more often than not, they don't tell you when a person is born. They tell you when that person passed into Passed, eternity right. and he lived right. this long and then he died. So I do remember death days, um, but I remember them. My husband used to think, and he kind of still thinks that's really morbid and that's kind of strange. <laughs> but, you know, I, I look at it I mean, that's the graduation day. That's the day that right. the goal of your salvation, exactly. you see Christ Jesus face to face. And again, you know, we all, I've read the, you know, the Bible cover to cover and there are certain verses you think, so does this mean this? Does this mean that? Mm-hmm. But without a doubt, we know when Paul says it is so much better to die and to be with the Lord. I don't know what that's going to, what exactly that means. All I know is we're with Jesus. Done. Done. Amen. And Amen. So so that's what I, that's, you know, that's, that's what I remember about those. And I celebrate those, you know, those, those death days, but um, something else in just in, in writing historical fiction that also then impressed me going through my dad's things just this past fall and clearing things out is that we all leave something behind. Um, that's true. As I've read, you know, written about these real people in these Southern mansions and the real battles and read just scores of diaries and accounts, and we all leave something behind. And, um, you know, it's, yes, some of the physical things we leave behind do say a lot about us. Um, but I tell you what, I treasure, I treasure the letters. I treasure um, letters from my grandmother, my grandparents to my parents back and forth. And I treasure my dad's Bible, my mom's Bible. Um, so, but it asks me, you know, it makes me ask myself, what, what am I leaving behind? If I were to right. die right now, what, you know, the conversations and, and, and of course in this day and age, the emails, the emails, <laughs> the, the, um, the verbal texts, <laughs> what am I leaving behind? And is that going to be enough to point who are coming behind me? Christ. And it's not about, it's not about, um, you know, remembering what I've done. Um, that just pales. It's you want to point people to Jesus Christ, because that's where the saving grace and the strength is. And um, so that's that's something that has that resonates throughout these when I write these historical um, novels is looking at them and thinking you had no idea that 150 years later, <laughs> a crazy, <laughs> this crazy woman in Franklin, Tennessee is going to be writing is is going to be reading your intimate love letters and writing your story. <laughs> Hope you're OK with that. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then looking at what you left behind and the heritage of faith. You know, I I think that's, on one hand, it's great, um, but it's also challenging because today we have all these things, social media and texting, and man, there's probably a lot of words that (laughs) I might be leaving behind that I don't want to. You know, I hope that's a challenge for us too, not just to look, Mm -hmm. you know, not just to look at what what kind of good legacy we can leave, but also make sure that, you know, we're not 
let's curate ourselves, you know, let's think before we put something out there Amen. in the world. Amen. Amen. Something I used to do, well, I still do it, but but I delete things right away, is write something. When I'm angry or frustrated or, you know, whatever, I, I write it um, in a Word document or I write it in an email to myself and then um, go through it again and see what really should come out. And it reminded me that that I need to go back. This kind of conversation reminds me I need to go back and get rid of some of those things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here, let me have your laptop for just an hour, Terry. Yeah. I love it. Just an hour. Can I just, I'll hold that for you. I'm not. It's the lost letters of Karen Ball. Yes. And then there are some of the pictures that I have of Tamara Alexander. Oh, that oh, Okay, we're friends. We're friends. I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll be good. Um, the other thing that I did a number of years ago because of traveling so much, and, and Tammy, I'm sure you do the same thing, um, or if you haven't, you should, uh, is I wrote letters to everybody that matters. And they are in a fire safe and I will go in and I will revise those letters um, as the years go by. And so if anything happens to me, that's not, you know, people don't think, well, I didn't even get a chance to say goodbye because I can say the things that I should have said in those letters and they're there waiting for them. So Mm -hmm. that's good. And I have done that. But that does remind me, as a matter of fact, I'm writing a note right now is that I do. Joe and I are going to go through um, you know, our will, it's time to do all that. It's time to do all of that stuff, but I'm just going to write letters update here because I need to, yeah, I need to do that. And, you know, something that happened, I remember when um, mom was in her, probably the last two or three months, I remember I had just gotten, I was in Atlanta and I had just gotten back home, 45 minutes drive from, you know, drive from the hospital and dad and I had traded off. So he was staying with her for the night. And he, um, I just walked into the house, into their condo, and he said, phone rang. He said, mom, mom's dying. You need to hurry up and get back. So I immediately just went back. And and the whole time I thought, you know, I just, I want to, I want to see her again. I want to see her again. I want to say, I love you again. But what hit me before I even got, got to the room was, um, we had learned to live with everything said. And that's mm-hmm. another lesson through this is that in and with the people right now, people that, um, of course, I mean, you can people that you love, people that you're friends with. Um, and this this strikes a little bit to don't let the sun go down on your anger. If, if there's right. something that you have against someone or that, you know, that they have against you, go and reconcile. Don't right. you know, live with everything said. There is such a peace in that. Um, and there's such a blessing um, just to just to know that if, you know, if on my way to Walmart, I'm, you know, I'm gone. Um, everything's been said. There's no deep, dark secret that I needed to apologize for or anything. It's just, um, I would, you know, would, I would wish to tell you, I love you one more time, but you already know that. So just, you know, (laughs) so anyway, but that's something I, I learned, I learned through those journeys as well. Well, Tammy, it has been so great having you here. Thank you so much for all the wisdom and the wonderful truths that you've been sharing with us. I can't believe how fast time has gone. Oh, so thank you. We're done already? <laughs> we are done already. Well, thank you all so much. I really just, appreciate what, what y'all do. So thank you. Well, truly. Thank you. Before you're thank saying you. thank you, thank you, let's just put yeah. her on the spot one last time Uh-oh. here. Maybe you have one last final word of wisdom from all your collected historical study, anything you've learned from history or whatever that you want to share and, and leave our listeners with. Um, you know, I guess um, I think I'll just encapsulate it to one. And that was, it was really how my writing journey started out. 
um, is I had, um, I had gone to a conference just in 15 seconds or less, gone to a conference. Someone said, would you send us the full of this? I said, I have it written. She said, write it and send it. So I sent it. Um, I, and I, and I did that and, and I sent the full, the full manuscript in and then you're waiting. And that Sunday, as I get home, I'm on the, I was on the praise team and I'm, we're praying and I hear God as clearly as if I'm just hearing you, you and you and Karen in my head now, would you write this book if you knew you were writing it only for me? Mm-hmm. And at first I thought, oh, voice of God and you know, everything. <laughs> I mean, and I've heard that on maybe one hand. Um, and then it happened again. Would you write this book if you knew you were writing it only for me? And in that moment, I knew that if I did, you know, that number one, God had my writing career in in his hand and that whether my book sold or whether they didn't sell well, I was to write for an audience of one period. This was about him. It wasn't about me. And I guess just for all the writers out there, really meet with God on that. Um, we are all about, um, you know, we want our we want our books to sell well, but but bottom line, it is about writing for the audience of one. And would you write this book if you knew you were writing it only for me? And and I very um, humbly, but also with one eye open said, yes, I will, Lord. Um, but very, the, you know, the very human side of me wrestles with that again. And I keep, he keeps pulling me back, keeps pulling me back to your writing for me alone. And don't worry about all the other stuff, just write it for me. And um, so that's, that's my constant plea. My constant prayer is just to write for him alone. Mm. So the scripture that we can leave you with today is Exodus 19.5. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Mm-hmm. We are his treasured possession. And, and mm-hmm. we see that in Tammy and her walk of faith in her life and in her faith and obedience in her writing. And we see that in the deep. We see the ways that he refines us and he touches us and he teaches us. And so good to know we're not alone on this path. So thanks, Tammy. Amen. Thank you all so much. Thank Thank you. you. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. We hope you found it helpful. And if you know someone else who needs this podcast, please share it. You can find backlist episodes and lots more resources at our website, rightfromthedeep.com. Yep. We'd love to connect with you guys there. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Amen. Amen. 